Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. We acknowledge the Noongar people the traditional owners of the land the upcoming game is played on and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the 2021 AFL Premiership season on AFL Nation. Pitches on its point, goes over the top of Power Pepper, but it sits for Rosie, who cuts the 50, doubles back, opens it up, exquisite skill, bounces it home. Bontem Pelly, can he get enough on the ball? Oh, oh yes he can. It's Bontem Pelly. A glorious kick for goal. Minigola releases it to Cameron. He's kicking for six. Jeremy Cameron charging away. Hooker's down there. Three cats jump against him. Stringer's got the crumb. Runs outside of the boot. And he's nailed it. It couldn't be goal of the night with the opening goal of the night, could it? Breaks the tackle. Wobbles one. Where are you, buddy? There he is. <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Half passing board. Petrarca, can he get it home? Yes, he can. Handed it to Green. Open goal. And he'll slot it with ease. Toby Green versus the world, and Green's still winning. Great strike, magnificent kick from Joe Danaher. Massive white smile spread across his face. Welcome to AFL Nation. It is a night framed almost entirely around the Demon Dream and the longest active premiership droughts in our game. Melbourne hasn't been better placed in more than half a century and steadily... The faithful are giving themselves over to the idea. And given the sentiment that courses through this final series, Geelong's role is really limited to that of potential party pooper. The first preliminary final in Perth. It's an awesome prospect. Melbourne and Geelong coming up on AFL Nation. Jared Waitley alongside Anthony Hudson. Hello, Hutto. Hello, Jared. Good evening to all the Melbourne fans <laughs> and the Geelong fans, but the Melbourne fans particularly. Yes, I guess Chris got his Dr. Evil tonight, isn't he? As uh, he tries to engineer that uh, the demons, uh, bringing the demons down. I was in Perth for that fateful night. I think Geordie might have been there in 2018. Uh, and I, I always talk about it. it was the loudest noise I've ever heard. Uh, to me, it was even louder than Richmond against the, in that preliminary final against GWS. It was an extraordinary noise. It was a hot, hot day. You got off the plane. I was there with uh, the old uh, Melbourne types, your, your Dr. Turfs and uh, Billy Guest and all that on the plane heading over with such high hopes, and it was extinguished just like that. And uh, so it was, and we know the history going back further to '87, uh, unbelievable, which I revisited during the week. That '87 preliminary fight, how Melbourne lost that, oh, I've got no idea. But uh, I think you summed it up well when you said gradually the Melbourne supporters and certainly the ones that I know well have just had to embrace it. That sort of had to go against themselves. Well, if you don't embrace this, there's yep. no point actually barracking for That's them. That's right. So we'll see how they go tonight. So you, everyone who's walking in their 5K radius will have come across the odd house in red and blue. Yeah. Not, there's no 
other houses decorated no. in other colours, in it, but just every now and then there's a Melbourne house and bless them. Good luck to them. Jared Healy's first club was the Demons. He played 130 of his 211 games with the Demons. He's a Melbourne best and fairest. He never played a final in the red and the blue. Jared, welcome. <laughs> Jared, it is good to be here, and it's uh, amazing. I know a lot of those Melbourne supporters you talk about uh, well. I know them uh, really well, in fact. In fact, we spoke to a guy called Rowan Davis who has put a mural up on his fence. It's about a uh, 30-metre by 2-metre mural. It's caused traffic jams through uh, Armadale. It's, uh, and I, I spoke to him last night on the radio, and he gave a really interesting insight into the journey that he had been on as a supporter. He, as a kid, was in the mascots uh, jumper and now he's a he's a well-to-do um you know he's a a very very smart uh uh property guy but uh he's still a supporter at heart he's still that kid in the mascot and he just felt that given that there won't be this ability to go to the game that uh, he was going to say stuff it i know my lot i'm not going to get down and about we can't see it i'm going to put the biggest thing up i can ever do ever see and he's done it and i think a lot of people have embraced it and uh, it, it has been interesting just along this year melbourne to me have been the standout all year it's the most talented group of melbourne players i've seen for a long time and it was last year and potentially the year before and it's got better through organic growth and the addition of a couple but it has been amazing just the denial that Melbourne supporters have uh, been going through. Self-defence. Self-defence. They don't want to be hurt again. And well, uh, the, the first thing one of my mates does at the start of the year is to back a Melbourne yeah. to not make the eight. That's, that's right. the first thing he does. <laughs> yeah. And it's, everything else is wrapped around yeah, that. That's not Mark Rothfield, is it? Because no, uh, that's not. exactly what he does. But it's exciting, isn't it? I yeah. mean, they are in the box either set premiership to lose to a degree. I think maybe we're underestimating Port Adelaide a little bit when we say that. But clearly there's two standouts. It's Port Adelaide and it's the Demons. The Demons are on top for mine. But, uh, gee, we've got a really great weekend coming up. Then we've got an absolute shocker. Uh, and then eventually we'll get wound up again for the grand final in two weeks' time. It's going to be an interesting two weeks to get through. For those who are a little bit sort of faint-hearted in these things, it's going to be extreme torture, I would imagine. Jordan Lewis played the last three years of his career with Melbourne. He was part of the 2018 Cinderella run into the finals that ended abruptly, as Hutto mentioned. Jordan, oh, sorry, Jordan. welcome. <laughs> Uh, good evening, boys. It's, uh, it's did, you think that well... was, did you think that was nasty of Hutto to bring that up? Yeah, he's lucky he's sitting over there. And I if just he don't hadn't go won four flags, <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. But I think um, he's had his share of success. It's a balanced commentary team tonight, so <laughs> we is. can just let it flow and you don't have to be worried about anyone saying there's bias anywhere. But, I mean, if you're a, if you're a Melbourne or a Geelong supporter right now, you've just got to fill yourself with optimism because it, it is one of those great days and... Um, there's there's a lot riding on it for both teams. Obviously, the, the prize at the end is a grand final. But right now, the game hasn't started, so you've got, what is it, an hour and 45 minutes to, to just dream. And that's the beauty about being a supporter, I suppose, of both clubs. And you said it's... It's nerve-wracking. It's all the other emotions. You try not to read the news. You try not to watch the TV. You might check if there's some late-ins or late-outs, but it is a, it is a two-hour period... And if you think of how nervous you are as a, as a supporter, think about the players because mm. they're going through the same emotions. Prelim final weekend, it, it's, it's almost better than grand final yeah. weekend. There's four clubs still in it. Generally, we go to the MCG and there's a big supporter base for both. It's the pure day, isn't it's it? It's the pure you day. You can nearly touch it. You can nearly yeah. touch the grand final. because you, you I know it's not the same this year, but you start to 
to dream about the week. You know, the grand final parade, you've, you've got to organise tickets. Everyone's coming to town. It's the biggest thing in, in Melbourne at the moment um, in that week when it's, when it's here. So, yeah, I, 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 think, I think being over in the West, particularly from both of their point of view and, and being in the hub environment, <clears throat> could, could play into their hands. You, I get you've got a lot of time to think about it, but you don't get the external recognition, the external noise at the moment that could potentially build some false hope within the playing group. So we know that they're minor premiers and they've had the week off. So this is the best chance in 57 years. I'll, I'll make the case, Jared, to you that this is Melbourne's biggest game in 57 years tonight. Yeah, you don't have to convince me, Jared. I think it's uh, – you go back to 88 when they last uh, played in the grand final. It wasn't the last time they played in uh, was 2000. It, 2000. But even in uh, 88 – they didn't really have the side. They were coming up against the super side, and uh, Hawthorne had, I reckon, about 17 All-Australians and st- State of Origin players on every line. They were a super uh, power. That was the first grand final I went to, and it was so disappointing. The, the, the Ben Johnson uh, uh, race Johnson. Um, oh. at halftime was yep. the up on the big screen was the uh, Carl Lewis race at yeah. the Olympics was the highlight of the game because it was all over as a contest. Yeah, there was this one moment where Gary Ayres, who was playing midfield at the time and uh, probably half a dozen others, just bulldozed the ball forward. It was almost like it was men against boys, but it's reverse this time around. I mean, Melbourne go in with this incredibly talented side. I think more talented uh, than Geelong. They've got more talent on more lines. Geelong's forward line probably is the equal, if not better, than Melbourne's uh, midfield, I think Melbourne's is better, significantly better. Um, but, you know, I, I think Melbourne have still got to do the job and uh, they'll go in next week uh, really confident. I think that Simon Goodwin's done an amazing job in just keeping everybody balanced and I think Max Gorn's done a great job. I think the decision to make Max Gorn captain was a, an inspired one, even though it would have hurt uh, Viney. And I think we'll, we might get to see the benefit of... of they're not being a break pre-finals. So you've got a side that's had to go through yep. the hard way and had to, you know, play every single week. And we, we think we'll see a side in, in Melbourne and Port Adelaide tomorrow night who have, who have earned the rest, who enjoyed the rest, and then hopefully bring that, that energy to the to the contest. And I'm a big I'm a big advocate for the, the no-buy pre-finals because it just – there is just no reward for finishing top four. But you get a second chance, but you don't get that break for winning the first Are game. Are you a big advocate of the buy pre-grand final? Oh, no. That's <laughs> I mean, it's got to be one of the more uninspiring decisions in Gillen's reign, surely. This just lacks any sort of logic. Yep. I mean, if there is a problem and the, the cowboy decides to shut it down – at least we've got a week off. If we have a week off and then the Cowboy shuts it down, we've got two weeks off yeah. and we lose all manner of momentum. What yeah. about the explanation that was given around getting the teams over to Perth so they can participate, so they can train in front of fans, which included moving Port Adelaide should they qualify yeah. for the Brownlow and spend the week in Perth. Their fans are in the <laughs> other states. You are moving them away from their fans so they can't be part of it. Yeah, when, I, when an excuse lacks credibility, you know that there's an ulterior motive that uh, no one wants to talk about. I'm not quite sure what that is. Some have said, suggested it's getting a lot of staff over there so they can entertain the uh, good people at Toyota or whoever it is. But surely you just follow the principles of the last two years, and that is get it done. Yep. Let's get it done before it is undone. And you only need to see what's happening in the cricket today over in, yeah, in so the England. First day's play's not happening not at happening. Old Trafford. Yeah. So it, it can it can we all know it can come from anywhere at any time at the moment.
Just getting back to the to the teams, Jerry. That is it. It's amazing to think that Melbourne don't have a two hundred game player. Yeah. Well, this is the great uh, comparison. I mean, we we've all talked about Geelong. I think they'll have another throw at the stumps next year. They may load up again with uh, whoever they can and have another crack whilst uh, Tom Hawkins is going well. But Melbourne's got four rising star nominees. Mm. I mean, they are, and I've said this to a couple of friends and uh, a couple of family members who are uh, very, very serious Melbourne supporters, this is not the be-all and end-all. This is the start of an era. This is a five- or six-year opportunity, and if Melbourne get their recruiting right, there's no reason why they can't be a superpower for a decade. When you look at, sorry, the test match is off. Wow. It's cancelled. Right. And India forfeit, and it becomes 2-2. I'm going to have to spend a couple of minutes. You just talk amongst <laughs> yourselves for a moment. Uh, which is, yeah, I, that, yeah that, that'll, I think that'll be disputed. But anyway. Oh, it may be disputed, but it, it reinforces it the point, yeah, doesn't it? It, it does. just yeah. seems... And we're going to talk more about this down the track without question because there's nothing else to talk about next week except why the hell are we talking about the buy? Yeah, good luck to, to all you media performers who are on. Yeah, imagine <laughs> if you had a radio night. show every day and a every nightly TV day. show. <laughs> I mean, it, would it not be as bad in normal circumstances if you used the week, if the, this was the week off and you had all the, you had the brown lab, you had all the awards and you had other stuff as well that was going on? Oh, I'm, a bit, I'm a big one for, for just playing. In a normal year... You don't, what what you don't want to do as a as a player is, is to hang around and, and just to, mm. to have to draw it out. You want continuity. So you know, think of Melbourne's situation. If they if they and Port Adelaide, they play the first final, they have a break. They play the prelim final, then they have another break. They're just there's just no. So continuity. If, if Geelong or the Bulldogs win, it's a huge advantage for them, it, isn't it? It may be, yeah, yeah because potentially, because, a huge yeah, advantage. because yeah. they've clearly played every. Every round, this might be their chance just to get that that week off, that energise, and and a little bit of a a dip in training loads, and that that might be the the perfect way to do it if if that's but that's to be the case. But I think if ter- talking lists and, and age and experience, you know, Melbourne are the third youngest list in the competition. Geelong are clearly number one. Mm. They're, they're tenth for experience, so they are in their window, as we would would call it. So I, I agree with Jared. If it does shape to be their best year for a long time. It does shape to be an important match. But if if things go wrong tonight, they are still in this phase for the next three to five years. And what of Geelong? What's their are they? Is it so they're being fitted up as this is it? No, I don't agree it. with the this is it theory. I, I agree. I think that this is nearly it. And I spoke about that last week or two weeks ago when you could see what was going to happen to the club when your best five players don't aren't there. And that's not that far away because most of them are 32 or above. And they weren't there um, two weeks ago. They're, they're out in the ground, but they weren't there, and they were just horrible. So we know what's coming for Geelong. They're probably a little bit better placed than just this savage dip because there, there are some kids that they're not playing at the present time, but they're going to be out of contention for a fair period of time. Unless a few like Radagalia, unless Radagalia can turn himself into Hawkins, I mean that that would really help. Uh, but I think they've got to throw out the stumps. Uh, you know, Dangerfield has has had a, an average to poor finals campaign. Might be reasons there with his finger. Um, but if they're to win tonight, he has to play well. If they're to win tonight, their A graders have to they have to play the game of their season because it's uh, you know Melbourne are probably up in the talent department, it wouldn't be that often that Geelong are playing a more talented side. And yet, Geelong were 44 points up 
you know, close to three-quarter time yeah. just four weeks ago. It was, it, I went back and watched that game, and, and there was a dominant period for, for 10 minutes, but, but the rest of the first half was – I mean, if you didn't look at the scoreboard, you would yeah. think it was quite even, yet they just sort of – goal here, you know, Hawkins goal, uh, Cameron lucky goal. So it just was that – that built that lead that just built and built, and then they had that that yeah. ten minute patch where they just you know everything worked and and Melbourne were completely off and and then the second half came around. So I think if you're Geelong, you're reviewing more what happened in the second half, how it went so wrong, especially around the ball and and everything else, and and they fell back into kicking to a lever and the, the, that Melbourne defensive structure. So you you look at that two ways either they. They haven't got a way past, or they've done that, and they'll try not to try to avoid. So that. that 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 for me is the fascination with how the game unfolds tonight. Because I think in that game, watching Geelong when they sped the ball movement up, it actually caught Melbourne out because they couldn't get set. Yet we know how Geelong want to play; they want to build the ball up. You just think, if that is the case, May and Lever will set them up themselves up um, down the line. It's so important that they don't have an Alira Lear impact like they did against Port Adelaide. Well, the difference is radical there, isn't it? I mean, that is, that's the difference from yep. that match, and it's the difference from the game in round 23 And well. it was also Jeremy Cameron last week played bit, a bit further up the yep. ground, so he can be that compete in the air and turn around and deliver it inside forward 50. Ultimately, I reckon the game is a ground ball game, and it's a running game. And it's also a kicking game. And Geelong are focusing on the kicking. I don't think they've got the running game. Yet Melbourne have got the kicking game, they've got the marking game, they've got the running power. And Richmond's domination was based on a lot of things, but ultimately I reckon Richmond's greatest strength was they had about 13 elite runners in their side. And Melbourne, look at their running power. I don't see any club competing with Melbourne's running power. So if they get other things right and they run, and they run like their lives depend on it, uh, it's going to be very, and I'm talking defensive running as well as attacking running. It's, it's. I think the foundation of their great, uh, of a great victory uh, this year. And, and, and sorry, Jared, I think that the other thing that I look at in in both defences, which enables you to move the ball, is is Melbourne's got a good balance between left and right footed players. Whereas for me, Geelong, are, there are a lot. There, there's a lot of right-footed players. I mean, Isaac Smith's probably the one that comes back and allows them to open open up the other side of the ground. But you see continuously these players turn onto their dominant foot, which keeps them on that skinny side, doesn't allow them to open up the other side of the ground, which makes it hard to move the ball, especially off off turnover. So if Isaac Smith's not back there assisting with ball movement, I find them, they just really try and control that, that right-hand side. That's how they try and move the ball. But, you know, Isaac Smith will have to have a big game. Were you surprised that Geelong... Uh, didn't bring in a midfielder for a midfielder. So Zach Tua here was the. We talked to, to Matthew Knights last week about how you're choosing your sub. They mm. went with uh, with Guthrie. He came on the ground. So uh, Parfit gets injured. The speculation is that it would be Higgins or Narkel or Simpson or a midfielder. Duncan's role would change, but instead they've they've gone with another defender. And I think that uh, points to the height that Melbourne have got in their forward line. But they've also got some pretty handy ground ball players. Pickett's a good player. Spargo's a good player. Bullen can get the ball on the deck. Harms goes forward, kicks goal. So this will be, I mean, Chris Scott has a reason. Mm. Clearly they're worried about how tall Melbourne can be up in that forward line. They're trying to cover that, which probably means it's how s- they want to use somebody Zach- is going into the middle of the ground. It might be Tui. Yeah, it's how they want to use Zach Tui, I think. Doesn't yeah. I mean, he, to me, last week he looked really important for them yeah. in, the, in the back half. Then he was forced to go onto the wing, but... 
I think he'll be on the wing tonight. Yeah, well, I think he needs to play back because that that was Melbourne look uh, Geelong looked so good when he was at half back. Mm. He, he's a great user of the ball. He's got run and carry. It was only when Parfit went down, then they had to start to rearrange their midfield group. They lost that drive out of defence. They lost that that nature to be aggressive and, and set up the play, and they just look like a totally different. So I think he needs to play back. He's Maybe a, he'll play off the wing. And back. and back. I mean, yeah. talking to people in and around Geelong, they, they they almost don't have positions. They have, you're a back-half player, you're a front-half player. Yeah. And, and Isaac Smith is a wingman, but he's a back-half player. And I think Tui is probably going to be a wingman and just play in the back half. He may even kick the ball out half a dozen times, but I reckon it bounces, he'll probably come off the wing. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the challenge if, he's, if his endurance base is up to it, because he might match up on Langdon. So, yeah. you know, well, this is the run. I mean, you talk Langdon, Gorn's running capacity yeah. is immense. Petrarca, Oliver, Viney. I think Harms, the improvement in Harms over three or four years is extraordinary because he goes forward, he can tag. Wouldn't be surprised uh, if he nailed somebody in that middle. Brayshaw can run and he's found a little bit of form and he needed to yeah. over the last uh, couple of weeks. And, uh, I mean, you've got Spargo and Picker. They are such a running machine. It's, uh, it's frightening if you're a, cat- you're a member of the Cats. What of the intangibles? So historic burdens are not easily shed. As Geelong fans will tell you, 2007, the preliminary final night was the night they almost froze. Yeah. They did so. There was um, – they were oh, almost incapacitated night. by yeah. it. It was a horrible night. <laughs> it was only Ottens and Ablett. Tom Harley dropped a mark it. in the opening 50 seconds instead of half back. Milburn and yeah. – it might have been Harley were coming out of ball. They both stopped and yeah. it landed in between yeah. them. <laughs> like it was, it was almost spooky and it owed to the past as much as it did the present that night. I, I don't think there is. I think if you, if you look at the – the two sides from from eighteen and now there's eleven different players, um, and a lot of the players that was that were playing back then were just young. This was their first experience. This is yes, it wasn't a great experience, but um, I mean there was no Lever does his knee halfway through the year. May's not there, so that that already is a is a much better improvement. I mean Petrarca's game has gone to another another level. Oliver was you know solid enough back then, but clearly gone to another level. Max Gorn become captain, so there's so much. That has changed. I think, I think you could maybe make the point if it was West Coast prelim final in Perth, then those memories might come back. But I think different side, um, a lot has changed personnel and experience wise. I, I don't think there'd be any any lingering of those memories. I just don't. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're figments of supporters' imagination. They may just have had a bad night, and yet. Because of what the history says, we all gravitate to the one plus one equals two. It's the pressure of what happened uh, a decade ago, well, through the last 10 years, etc. But, I mean, I know there's this narrative about, uh, you know, Melbourne this and Melbourne that over 30 years. These blokes weren't born when no. a lot of that uh, turmoil was going on. These kids don't, you know, they're there to make their own history. These guys are alpha males, most of them. <laughs> They're not worried about what happened in the 70s yeah. and the 80s and the 90s. So you, you don't think it lives in the walls of a footy club? I think it lives – no, I don't. That's one thing I absolutely yep. deny. I don't think it lives in the walls of a footy club. It may live in the people within the footy club, and that's why they're horrible, and that's why you've got to ship people out and bring winners in. But uh, I don't think it's a DNA scenario, <laughs> as a lot of people tend to uh, suggest. Sitting in the cupboard there somewhere. <laughs> 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 Spoke his head out. 
Uh, so that's yeah. Melbourne and Geelong that sets up before us tonight. There was just a hint around Henderson yeah. who had a fitness test. If he's had a fitness test on his hamstring yesterday, he shouldn't be playing, regardless whether he got through it or not. Is not it on what be we one saw of the, two weeks ago. The world-famous Chris Scott late moves. Henderson out, therefore... That explains why Guthrie's in well, and, and Narco comes in. Well, you think they were going to do funny back is that they wouldn't have named Guthrie, yeah. though, wouldn't you? So, I don't know. Just on Geelong, I mean, it's, it goes back to this, the issue with Geelong. That, like, Chris got one a flag, and I think it was his first year, didn't he? And he's been such a successful coach without having quite nailed it. Halftime last year was so close. And yet he was robbed by one of the greatest players the game has ever seen. And yet... I think people are already writing his epitaph that didn't get the job done. Well, my God, he has got the job done better than most for an extended period of time. And I think sometimes he's got them to the position of a potential flag with a group that probably shouldn't get the flag. They're not quite strong enough to get the flag. So sometimes history is really unkind. I remember Tom Hafey got Collingwood to... It was a five grand finals when you include the draw and didn't win one. But if you have a look at the side, the side was a really good side, but it, it wasn't a champion side. And yet sometimes, you know, sometimes the group can outperform and get to nearly there and then they get run over by a great team. I think that probably the, the criticism has also come for Scotties because it, there hasn't been a um, an adaption to to the way the modern game is played. We see a lot of the sides like these new and up-and-coming sides like Sydney and Essendon and, and Melbourne have become a little bit more aggressive in terms of the way they move the ball. They just haven't changed, but they've put themselves in another prelim final. Maybe they haven't got the running power to do mm. the change. Our pre-game show is for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Jared Healy and Jordan Lewis will turn our attention to the Port Adelaide Bulldogs prelim as well. The Bulldogs are enduring a lot at the moment, and we'll talk Carlton's latest sacking as well. Experience the convenience of buying your new Hyundai online with Hyundai's Click to Buy. It's easy to compare models, configure your Hyundai, and make a deposit online through the secure Click to Buy process. Search Hyundai Click to Buy for details. You're listening to AFL Nation, the first preliminary final tonight. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.